The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and I want to share with you perhaps five of the top traits of multimillionaires, decamillionaires, hundred millionaires, even billionaires. Although in a future money podcast episode, I've got traits of billionaires that millionaires don't know. So there's nice, uh, lots of nice different levels for you to ascend through. Now, look, that millionaire term brings up some emotion. I think there's a lot of people who really feel destined that they want to be worth millions, and that's absolutely fine. I think there are some people that hear that term millionaire and think it's a bit get-rich-quickie-schemey or scammy. And I can tell you, if you're looking for gimmicky, get-rich-quickie-schemey or scammy sound bites in this video and money podcast, you're in the wrong place. Um, So I've got five top sustainable traits of multimillionaires. Now, I got asked a question on a mastermind from someone who is probably not that far off being a multimillionaire, or at least he's definitely got the drive, the hunger, the passion, and the desire to be one. His name is Jay. I said I'd shout him out on this episode. So he asked me, hey, Rob, what are the top traits, behaviors, actions of multimillionaires? He comes on to my mastermind sessions on Zoom. Um, I mentor him. He turns up to every session. He's hungry for knowledge. He's pretty young. I think he's around 30 years old. Uh, and he's got this desire and drive. Um, and I really admire that in him and hope that you have that in you too. So I'm going to cover some things which I think maybe um, other people don't cover so much and share with you some strategies that are quite diverse in their niche or subject matter. So the first one is you've got to have the right business model. Um, so you've got to sell something that's relevant to the market right now, and you've got to sell something. You've got to probably be in a niche to become known for something because there aren't that really many multimillionaires who are polymaths across multimedia. Sometimes you get billionaires that are that, but they, did, they built that op- over decades. Um, you've got to understand that that um, business model has longevity, scalability, automation ability, um, and that there's a need for it. There's an actual market for it. You can be too early or too late in business models. Um, Look, you can become a, a millionaire or a multimillionaire being employed because you could become MD and CEO of a big corporation. But, you know, if you are a, a lower level employee, nothing wrong with that at all. We're all needed and we're not superior or inferior to each other. But if you look in your career and job role, how many of them have become multimillionaires, if not many or any, then, you know, that might tell you something. Now, by the way, there's no value judgment in this content. This is not about whether you should or shouldn't want to or be a multimillionaire or whether it is superior. It's just this is going on my podcast, Money, and it does what it says on the tin, and it's all about money. And I want you to have a love affair with money. I want you to be more open, more candid about talking about money. 
about not um, suppressing your real emotions, feelings, thoughts and desires around money, removing a lot of the judgment around money. You'd have heard me say many times over um, that money is amoral, not immoral, amoral. It is not emotional. It does not judge. It is not good. It is not bad. It is not greed. It is not power. It is not philanthropy. It is not narcissism. It is not altruism. Money is simply a mechanism of exchange of value. It's our universally agreed way to exchange product services and value because it's much more efficient than any other way we've trialled over the centuries, like barter or, you know, just various different um, things that have been used as money. Cigarettes is, is, uh, has been used as money in prisons. Sardines have been used as money or, or stones and salt. Actually, the word salary de de derives from salt. So over time, we've had endless things that we've used as an attempted universal, non-decaying, efficient store of value and exchange of value. Um, but money as we know it, although it's obviously changing now with fiat currency, but money as we know it is the most efficient, universal, frictionless, um, least appreciating mechanism that we understand. Sardines, even though they would, um, quite, for quite a while, not decay, they would decay much quicker than a polymer note. Anyway, I, um, I go somewhat off track, but this is about money. So, so you've got to look at your business model and go, can I be a millionaire or multimillionaire in this business model? Has, has it been done before? If it hasn't been done before, has it been done in a similar industry? Is this scalable? Can I create automation? Is there a need for the business model? That's step one or trait one. Trait two then is leverage, leverageability. So I do not know any multimillionaires who have done it all on their own. So there's this quite um, cheesy saying, but I really like it. And that is, there is no I in team. There is no I in team. Kent's just sent me 1,500 grains of salt instead of 1,500 stars. Thank you very much, Kent. You can put those in your pipe and smoke them. <laughs> um, but there's a good example, isn't there? Stars. So if you're listening to the podcast episode and you're not sure what stars are, um, stars are Facebook's new currency. So people can buy stars on Facebook, then they can exchange them with me for value. I create value proposition. They buy stars on Facebook, donate them to me. Facebook take a cut and there's a three-way value exchange there. And when there's a value exchange, then wealth is the reward. Anyway, back to leverage. So in leverage, I mean partnerships, joint ventures, staff, systems, um, financial leverage, you know, like maybe borrowing from a bank um, or investing in assets that create income, having assets to use as collateral. For me, the biggest thing that helped me become a, a multimillionaire was people. Now, of course, many people think it's property that gave me that status when, when I, was, I became a millionaire aged 30 to 31. I remember that so clearly because I was annoyed that it wasn't before 30. My goal was always by 30. Um, I should have, yeah, and it was before 31. But I, wanted, I should have said before 30 and then I would have got it, but I said by 30. Be very clear and specific with your goals and please do um, be careful what you wish for um, and what you focus on. So um, I, I have looked at everyone I know and all the studies I've done of people who are millionaires or multimillionaires and not one of them has done it solely on their own. 
Not one. I.e., you know, in isolation. They say, don't they, no man is an island. They should change that now to no person is an island. And so you need outsourcers, staff, people, partners, joint ventures, collaborations, partnerships, um, Virgin. Most of Virgin's companies, maybe all of them now, are partnerships where um, essentially Richard Branson brings the brand of Virgin and then the company, whether it's the airline or the credit card company or the gym, that's actually an existing company who can deliver that um, product or service. I'm getting lots of people donate stars, so I just want to say thank you very much. That's really kind. Um, is it Kalsar, Corsar? Could you let me know how to pronounce your name? Thank you. Kent, thank you for the stars as well. Hina, thank you for the stars. Lorcan, wow, thank you for the stars. Um, yes, it's nice to have gratitude in the form of stars. I love you all. Thank you. Okay, great then. So the third trait of multimillionaires is a growth um, desire. You could call it a growth mindset, a capacity, a, um, an ability, a, a relentless pursuit of growth. Because if you're green, you grow and you're ripe, you rot. I think that was Ray Kroc. Um, and you cannot um, reduce your way to millions. Uh, you, you know, you cannot retire your way to millions. You can only grow your way to millions. So that comes in the form of, um, I think what Tony Robbins calls canai, constant and never-ending improvement. You could call that continual iteration. This is massive, by the way. And you know what? I see so many people out there, they can't do this. The ability to take feedback. So many people take feedback as a negative. They take it personally. They get hurt. They get wounded. They get defensive. They say, don't they, that uh, feedback is the breakfast of champions. So are you eating your breakfast every day and taking feedback on every single day to grow? I just did the world's first, maybe UK's first. Actually, it could be the world's first. We haven't got the proof of that. Um, we, we were one of the first heart, um, dozen maybe people in the world to be given this new feature, which was a, a Facebook paid live event. Now, I love a new feature. <laughs> any, any of you that have followed me for a while, you know I love a bit of newness, a bit of variety, something interesting, something experimental. Now, um, when you do something new, there's every chance that it could go wrong. Um, but we took this new feature with Facebook and we ran with it and we had nearly 300 people that signed up to my brand new How to Write Your Book Facebook paid live event. And we were 12 minutes in and it froze. Uh, we got it back and then it, we were fine for the rest of the um, production. But some people didn't have the most frictionless experience. You know, their, theirs was buffering a bit their end. Maybe it was their internet connection. Maybe it was the new feature on Facebook. Now, I remember a few people messaging me saying, Rob, I, you know, you seem to have this really open-minded attitude to trying new things. I'd been so scared that it, got, that it went wrong and let everyone down. But I promoted to everyone that it was new. I promoted to everyone that I might be one of the first in the world as a, not even a beta tester, but an alpha tester. Did you? I didn't even know an alpha tester was a thing, but apparently I'm an alpha tester. So in that, you might expect things to go wrong. But would I rather not do it and not learn or do it and learn 
and then ask for feedback to improve. So at the end of the live stream, we ask for feedback from our audience. What was the user experience like? What was the content experience like? And I also said to my audience, because it's important, please be um, balanced and honest and give us some good and constructive feedback. Because generally my audience who follow me will generally tend to be more kind than cruel. They will generally tend to give more positive than constructive feedback. And so I needed to encourage that. Now I can part my ego over there because I'm not going to do a live stream perfect first time round and Facebook aren't going to do the live stream perfect first time round. So that's okay. Uh, and I don't judge myself for that. I just do the best I can and give the best I can. And I felt that I did do that. Um, so having a constant and never ending improvement, taking feedback and growing, innovating through solving problems and being creative and having that desire. Now, the good news here is it is the human desire to grow. No one wakes up um, today, this morning and says, I want to be smaller. I want to be less. No one. Now, there's some areas in your life you don't desire to grow because it's not in your values. It's not high on your values, your priorities, your importances. And that's absolutely fine. But in your areas of value, high priority, um, and um, yeah, in, in the, the areas that you are most inspired to do, to be, to have, you will desire growth because that is the human natural instinct, biologically, evolutionarily. And a lot of people are quite comfortable with a, a normal job that doesn't get harder, where they've done their learning and development, and they just want to do their job. They just want to clock in and clock out. They don't want challenge. They don't want difficulty. And that's fine. But those people aren't going to become millionaires or multimillionaires. Okay, the fourth trait then of multimillionaires is to focus on money, but obsess on value. Focus on money, but obsess on value. Like if you don't collect and invoice for and ask for the money for your products and services, no one's just going to volunteer it to you, no matter how much good service you give, because they're going to naturally self-serve and, oh, didn't, chase, didn't get chased on that invoice. I might just leave it and wait. So a lot of people are scared to ask for the money. They're giving too much away for not, not, not enough. Um, so they don't have a big enough focus on money. Now, you cannot master what you do not measure. So you need to track your net worth. You need to track key performance indicators. You need to know what your income generating tasks are. You need to have financial goals. You need to manage money well. All of these, by the way, are on, I think there's well over 100 episodes on my money podcast. So anything I've referred to, there's probably a detailed podcast on it. It's just called Money, the podcast. Um, but I'm going, to, I'm going to move more towards obsessing on value. So you focus on money, you collect money, you track revenues and KPIs and management accounts and profit and loss. You know your income generating tasks, but you don't obsess about money. Because if you obsess about money, it becomes, you become a slave to it rather than a master of it. And I obsessed about money when I was skint, ironically. I obsessed way more about, about money when I had less of it, way less of it. So you focus on money, but you obsess on value. And that is, um, what problems does the world need serving? How can I go from local to national, to intercontinental, to global, to astronomical? Because the further up you look down, the bigger you will pull your results up. The bigger your vision, the bigger you can lift up your results. So you think about how many people I can serve, what the world's problems are. 
Um, you think about your value proposition and packaging that well and having a clear vision of that and how your value proposition serves your clients. What's unique about you? What you do that no one else can do. So you grab market share. How you package and position your products and services and your brand for people to understand it, for you to articulate it clearly because clarity is king, for them to then share it with others. 10,000 songs in your pocket, clear, very clear, very concise, value proposition in there, mission, message, everything in there. And then all of that manifesting through service. And I think when we get too selfish and focus on, oh, I want to be a multimillionaire, it's all about how much money I can make, the, the world doesn't care. No one, want, no one cares if you want to be a multimillionaire. The world does not care. It will happily help you become one if you help what is it? I think Zig Ziglar said, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. So this is the focus on money, but the obsess on value. And then the fifth trait of multimillionaires is understanding of priority time and energy management. If you have no energy, you cannot focus on income generating tasks, key result areas, and a meaningful scaled mission that you pursue with constant and never ending improvement. You, 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 if you do not have the energy, you cannot do that. So you need to manage your energy well. Um, and multimillionaires do that. When they're working, they're working. They, they might have peaks and troughs in the day. We all do. That's natural. But they manage their energy well. Uh, and I actually think people talk about time manage, management. They talk about priority. But I actually think you've got to start with energy. Because if you don't have energy, then you don't have um, priority. And if you don't have priority, you're not managing time properly. So, you know, of, of course, food, diet, having a clear vision, being passionate and enthusiastic um, towards your vision and mission, being around inspiring people, doing things that make you feel alive and happy. You may notice I'm out on a walk doing this. I could have sat down in my new studio at home. I will do some content in my new studio soon, um, but I could have just stayed at home and done this. But I felt like it would be better for my energy management to go for a long walk. These long walks have really changed my life and got me through some challenging times. So I would certainly recommend that um, to you. So the thing with being an entrepreneur and being focused on money and making money is you can obsess over the pursuit and you can neglect your personal life. You can neglect your health, your energy, your fitness and your diet. I used to do, um, I've just taken up another martial art again. I haven't done a martial art for about 14 years. So I had um, a couple of brown belts, pretty much a black belt in one art. Um, and I loved martial arts. And ironically, when I was skint, but I had loads of time because I was an artist, I was training twice a day. And then when I got into business and we started Progressive Property and I partnered up with Mark, I focused and obsessed so much on that. I stopped training, I stopped sparring. My diet wasn't terrible, but it didn't get quite as good because I didn't focus on it. And over the years, I just let that slide. And then, of course, it became harder and harder to get back into it. And looking back, that was a mistake. Um, so, yeah, I've just hired a one-to-one -one Wing Chun instructor. Because I'm, I'm getting a bit older now. I'm 41. And Wing Chun's the one you can do when you're 75 and 80. So um, when you have energy, whether that's through meditation, diet, passion, hobby, work-life balance, feeling love, all of those things, then you maximize your time. 
but, but you've got to maximise your time by putting in priority, which means what's the most important thing I can do now towards my vision? What's the second most important thing I'm going to do next towards my vision? And always asking yourself, what is the best use of my time? What is the highest value on my time? What is the highest income generating task? What is the highest key result area? And how can I ensure that as, as many of the minutes of the day that I'm working, I'm working on those? And if you study multimillionaires, you know that they are ruthlessly high with their priority. They focus on income generating tasks. They focus on key result areas. They do not allow time wastage and general administration and other people's emergencies to get in the way of their mission and vision. Now I've done quite a few lives recently. You can find them on my page, so I won't repeat myself, but I'll just give it a quick bit of context. I believe that the removal of depression, the removal of a lack of focus, of overwhelm, of um, stress and anxiety and, and lacking of clear direction and beating yourself up and comparing yourself to others, I believe the cure for all of that is to have a meaningful vision you know, something that you could do for the rest of your life that would inspire you to greatness and serve vast numbers of people and then write a mission that you um, work through year by year by year by year to achieve that vision. Now, um, I've been talking to a few people recently. I do a lot of one-to-one -one calls to help people. And, you know, many entrepreneurs have really struggled in the lockdown and they've felt maybe a bit depressed and maybe a bit lonely and a bit lost and a bit overwhelmed and... You know, when, when things don't go your well, you kind of clutch at straws of opportunities and you try and you sort of look at everything and you get very distracted and defocused. Um, and then that can turn into these negative emotions of depression, of loneliness, of beating yourself up, etc. And then all that happens is you just throw your energy uh, and your focus all over the place. And, you, you know, you, that, that, you can then create addictions and distractions. So... Um, the way that you overcome that is to buy ha have something to tune back into, have something to refocus on, have something to correct towards. Now, apparently, an aircraft is off course like 99% of the time because it's constantly correcting, 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 correcting. Um, but it knows its destination. So you've got to know your destination. Okay, so when you have a clear vision, and mine is to help as many people on the planet start and scale their business and get a better financial education to help as many people on the planet start and scale their business and get a better financial education. So when I get stressed, worried, defocused, compare myself to others, think I'm not doing well enough, a bit anxious, a bit depressed, a bit volatile emotionally, I start to doubt my abilities, um, I get distracted, overwhelmed, whatever, because they, these are all human emotions. Every human being will experience every human emotion. So no matter how successful someone is, they are not devoid of these emotions. They do not have a, a brain which doesn't have the procrastination gene or the overwhelm gene or some of the fear genes, you know, or, or whatever. Every human being will experience every human emotion. So it's about what you do to overcome those emotions to get clarity and focus and direction and m momentum and velocity and therefore compounding. Um, so that vision gives you ah, immediate priority, spontaneous priority, immediate priority. Because right now in the world we're living in, everything is trying to distract you. Um, even my lives pop up and you are probably doing something else, although I did schedule this before. Um, but uh, media, social media, notifications, emails, phone calls, WhatsApps, loads of social media apps. Oh man, I mean, how can anyone concentrate? And I remember probably when I was 15, like, what's that, 26 years ago, I could concentrate for four hours. 
Maybe if, if you gave me a PlayStation and Tekken 2, I could concentrate for 12 hours. No break, no distraction, no desire to check devices. Oh, man, now try and sit down and write a book for 15 minutes and count how many times you get this um, urge to check, a de- you know, to check a device or um, to distract yourself. So I think that the ability to concentrate yourself on priority and therefore maximise your time the most. Um, I, I, I said on a previous live, you only need to work three hours a day. Robin Sharma reckons max five. You don't need to work anymore. Uh, and I convinced myself when I was working 10, 12, 14 hours a day um, that, you know, I was getting loads more done and, and blah, but... You don't need to. You can do, but you don't need to. Okay, great. More stars coming in. Thank you, everyone. So thank you, Srinivas Joshi, for the stars. Thank you, Matt Cuddleford, for the stars. Thank you, Claire Louise Kirby. Thank you for the stars. Very grateful. Wow, this is very generous this morning. Okay, so let me summarize then the top five traits of becoming a multimillionaire. Of course, there are others, but I wanted to give you some different ones in different niche areas of life. And these are from real study. Like I became a millionaire, like I said, between the age of 30 and 31. I'm 41 now, so I'm well beyond that. Um, You get to a point when you're well beyond just being a a single millionaire that actually money doesn't become so much of a focus anymore. Um, And you don't hear me talk about my financial targets anymore or whether I want to become worth 500 million or a billion. You don't hear me say any of that. I haven't said any of that for years. Um, Hopefully you hear me say about how I can serve you and the content and the value that I can deliver for you because that's why you follow me. Um, And... I've read just about every book there is on money. Um, When I wrote my book, Money, which is three years ago, I did this massive research study over probably, well, I mean, I've been researching money and multimillionaires and billionaires and the wealthiest people on the planet since the age of 25 and really enjoying that pursuit. Um, Because, you know, a lot of people give their money management responsibility to IFAs or brokers, other people, because they don't learn how to manage money. Uh, And I think the the absolute fundamental, you, you don't teach someone else how to feed you. You feed yourself. You should be learning your own money management. You should be your own IFA. Um, And I just think there's so many people out there that are abdicating responsibility, which is why I do this kind of content, which is why I have the money podcast and the money book. But by the time I wrote the money book three years ago, I must have researched, I think it might be an exaggeration to say thousand millionaires, but hundreds of millionaires. Um, And, you know, of course, there is faith and discipline and focus. There's, you know, some general things. But if I could just summarize the right business model. um, So there's got to be a need. There's got to be automation. There's got to be scale. It's got to actually be able to reward you that much. You know, if you are a, a Jamaican ginger cake decorator for the over 75s, in outer Mongolia, this, you're not going to be able to scale. You're not going to be able to serve enough people. You could be a good business model, wrong time. You could be too early, too late. The second one is leverage. Leveraging assets, leveraging staff, leveraging systems, leveraging partners and partnerships, leveraging mentors, leveraging coaches, leveraging therapists, leveraging money itself. The, you cannot become a multimillionaire without some form of leverage because no man is an island. You can't do everything on your own. It's impossible. The third is to have a growth mindset, a, a continual and never-ending improvement desire to take feedback, to want to be creative and innovate, to, to have a desire, a sadistic desire of solving problems. You know, if you think about Uber, Airbnb, 
companies like that, um, the founders of those almost had a sadistic desire to solve problems. You cannot hide from problems unless you want to be smaller. And remember, if you're green, you grow, and if you're ripe, you rot. The fourth trait of being a multimillionaire is to focus on money but obsess on value. You cannot master what you do not measure, so you measure your money, your net worth, your savings, your investments, you track your KPIs, you track your um, profit and loss, your management accounts, your balance sheet, your personal net worth. Um, but the obsession is not money. The obsession is value, value proposition, how I create my message of what I do to be inspiring to most people. And um, what's unique about me compared to everyone else? Um, how do I service as many people as possible? How do I make a great service under fair exchange? How do I package what I do to be clear and, and, and um to have that delivery mechanism within it, like 10,000 songs in your pocket. And then finally, the fifth trait is priority time and energy. Manage your energy to maximize your time and prioritize your highest value tasks to double maximize your time. So there you go, we've done it. Here we are. I hope you enjoyed this five traits of becoming a multimillionaire. Hopefully you found some of them a bit different to the norm. I've got some good feedback in the comments. Thanks a lot for all of you who are giving stars. They're still coming in, which is great. So Sean, thank you for the stars. Um, Dipesh, thank you for the stars. Paul, thank you for the stars. So yeah, you're very generous. I'm more than grateful to receive them. I reinvest all the stars um, donations into the service of my vision. So I do one-to-one -one calls, so I give back in that regard. Um, we just built a new studio, and we've got a studio in the office, and that costs 35 grand. Um, but that was done two years ago, and of course we haven't been able to be in the office. So I've just built one at home. Um, so you know whenever you donate stars, it's going back into more quality work, more quality recording, more quality software and hardware, um, you know, freeing my time to create more content. One of the things I'm going to do in this sort of fifth retirement era of mine, um, I, I might get a world record for the most retirements because five at age 41 is not bad. But I'm going to be using that to create more content and, um, you know, work towards this um, lifetime vision of mine to help as many people across the planet starting to scale their business and get a better financial education. Um, so next actions for you, nice and quick, nothing to sell. Um, and that is, are you a member of my Disruptive Entrepreneur community? So if you search Disruptive Entrepreneur on Facebook, um, we've got a community of nearly 20,000 active entrepreneurs there where we engage the conversations, discussions, debates, where you have a voice as much as I do. So those of you that watch my videos behind that group, you need to join. Um, my podcast, Money. So many people don't know I have a second podcast called Money. Um, it's not as well known as the Disruptive Entrepreneur. Um, and episodes on money, we've done over 100 episodes purely focused on money are on there. Um, and we've got quite a lot of exciting episodes to come. You just search money on iTunes, Stitcher, etc. Um, so if you watch the videos, um, and then of course, most of you do know this, but just in case, I have a, my main podcast is called The Disruptive Entrepreneur, and you can find me on any of the channels. I think you can now Alexa me. Hey Alexa, play Disruptive Entrepreneur by Rob Moore. Hmm, that sounds good. I love you all, your legends. If you found this useful, please share it around. Uh, as you know, I've shared my vision with you and um, I need your help. Um, and if you feel I've given you value in any way at all, if you feel like you've got good fair exchange with me, um, then please just hit the share button, whether it's on the podcast or on the video uh, uh, or put it on your social media. 
um, because I really think this message needs to get out to the masses. If we're all have a be- having a better relationship with money and making more money and exchanging more fair value and giving more money away, we're all going to be better off. It's not like money should be hoarded. In fact, hoarding money is one of the anti-wealth creation strategies, even though a lot of people do it. So please share the love. I'd be very grateful. Uh, I can see some people sharing, so thank you. All right. So uh, I enjoyed having you on my walk with me. You are awesome. Remember to start now, get perfect later. And finally, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.